Hello listener, it's the host of Campbell's Football's Grant Campbell here, with a message to every one of you listening to this podcast. Please keep safe during this very stressful time with the outbreak of coronavirus affecting not just football, but our everyday lives. Make sure your friends and family are safe during this very stressful time for many of us, not just physically, but mentally too. But Campbell's Footballs will still be producing podcasts. However, there will be very few predictions because obviously there's not much football going on at the moment. I have a few in-conversation specials though, which I'm sure you would love to listen to. But at the end of the day, please make sure that you look after yourselves. Take the time to listen to the show in your own home, with friends and family. And remember that we are all in this together. So take care, be safe, and I'll see you soon. So I'm back for another episode of Campbell's Footballs. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, and I'm joined for this episode by Fraserburgh FC legend and now manager, Mark Cowie. Mark, a massive welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks Gordon, for having me on. It's, it's something that, like I say, it's, it's becoming more apparent in this, this part since it's good to hear every stories that's been in the game and even I noticed that there's a few that's not uh, just football itself it's other aspects yeah yeah, well, I think I think it's important to establish all aspects within football, and obviously players and management are one side. But there, there's a whole range of interests within football, and uh, as I mentioned, you know, yourself is a, a very interesting uh, story. And my my first question to you, Mark, is how are you keeping? Because obviously there's there's no football playing wise at the moment, but you probably are still very busy in your spare time. Yeah, I mean, we we rightly agreed that the broader would be a champion um, and that would end our season uh, something that I spoke to, to the chairman about before and, in, and we actually put forward that that should be the case because with the points difference that we had we, we I kind of feel we our chance was gone after the Bro game that was recently yeah. uh, we, we lost it so we we agreed that because I was I was keen to put a line under the season we've just had and, and, and we know that once we do get back it's it's in a new season yeah. rather than rather than have to go back finish our league and then that delays the next season starting which puts more pressure on the, on the league to get fixtures in in case we have a bad winter so I was I was keen just to get it over so and now we're just right into organising pre-season schedules and try to play our uh, geared up for, for when it does start. It's something different, something we haven't, haven't done before. Normally, we've got a, a timetable that we stick to uh, and we'll go from there. But obviously, there's, there's no confirmed date about when we can get back. So things are a bit up in the air. Although we're mindful players need to rest, we still need to keep them ticking over. So we're trying to be in contact as much as we can with them with, to make sure they're doing something at least. 
Yeah, absolutely. And unprecedented times like this. And I'm sure for yourself, you obviously would have liked to have seen the season out. I mean, um, obviously, Brora have won the league. I mean, where do you think? Um, do you think they'll go straight up? Obviously, Kelty Hearts have won the Lowland League as we record this as well. You know, do you see one or both going up? How, how do you see that going for either of those two sides? Well, I believe very recently the the SPFL have come out and said that Cove, Dundee United, and uh, can't remember the other team. They've they've got Rovers. They've won the league, so they've they've won the league. So they've that's decided. I think Dundee was a deciding vote, and they've voted and unanimously yeah. that, that they are now champions, which is, is good. So that's at least that's a wee bit clearer for me. For our level, I think I think Steve and, and his guys deserve a chance to, to have a go. Um, I think it's something that was in place a few seasons now, and it's been good. Um, I'm, it's, the Highland League's always been a great league, but I think the added aspect of a, of a chance of promoting is filling it uh, between teams, which I think is, is added to it. But we're all, we're all putting a lot of work through the season, and, and we're no different to anybody else. But I know, I know Steve, how how professional and how much work he puts into the the guys up at Barora and they've won the league fair and square and I think it's only right that them and Kelty at least get the chance to to bump it out to get I think personally this gives the the SPFL SFA a good chance to maybe restructure the leagues and and try and try and do something different which I think has been on the agenda for a while it's just never never really kicked off so no, I hope I hope Rora get the chance. I think they're good enough to, to go up. Um, I think they had a chance before and didn't make them. maybe strong now, maybe stronger. Um, definitely the best team over the course of last season in our in our league. So, no, I think I think it would be really fair that they get the, the chance to at least a game or two games to, to go up. Yeah, we'll obviously wait and see what happens with that. Obviously, a very fluid process at the moment. Let's bring it back to you, Mark, because you've had a, a really interesting playing career and obviously a very good managerial career so far at Fraserburgh. Tell me right at the very beginning, uh, what made you want to get into football in the first place? Yeah, I think it was probably like most most kids. It was driven by, by parents. I was, I was very fortunate in that I had a, a mum and dad who... who basically took us anywhere and um, I grew up with obviously two brothers who are who are good who were one still having a good career in the league the other one probably went further than, than the two of us so he, he had a great career um, so at different age groups that's three different teams uh, my sister my one sister she had a horse so that was between a horse and, and, and three different teams the, the car was never cold anyway that's for, for sure but so it starts with him. My dad, um, I can't say enough, he's, he's been passionate about football all his life, as, as far back as I can remember. Even now, he's still, he's still got a big taste for, for the game. Um, he, he pushed it down, down uh, for all of us, for me and my brothers to, to get into it. And I think there was, I, was, I remember my first memory of playing was probably in the school playgrounds, as you do. Um, I think the, once the bell went, uh, we were out playing whether it breaks or lunchtime. I, I moved to Longside School, I think primary two or three, and that was my that was my first taste of playing for a team. Uh, well, actually, I, I'm, to this day, I don't know if I should have been playing my first game because I, I think <laughs> I, t- 
tricked the coach. We we normally got letters put out uh, during class, yeah. and, and I I was in a class either four or five, I think I believe I was in. And all the letters came out, and there was a lad. Uh, his name was Mark. Sure, it was Jaffrey, but he didn't do the football training, mm-hmm. so I was kind of questioning why he was picked to play in this friendly against New Aberdilla. Um, and I wasn't, mm-hmm. so I managed to persuade the teacher to to change that name to my name. Then I think the coach was a wee bit a wee bit bemused when I took <laughs> with my boots on the night. Uh, but need to say, I got a game and I, I kicked it all off uh, from there. Um, yeah, well, a very interesting story that, and you know, sometimes, well, a lot of kids growing up, you know, they, they get the opportunity to, to play at school time and you know, in the playground and out in their local parks and that, and just getting young kids out there, especially in weather like this at the moment, you know, just getting kids out there and just obviously within their own house, obviously, and you know, obviously the lockdown at the moment is causing problems, but when you know it's a lot safer to them to go to the park and, and do this sort of things, that can only be positive. Definitely, I mean we. Our school bells, I think, if I remember right, one went at three o'clock, and that was for the the younger groups. Uh, one went at ten past three, and it was for the bus bus home. And then we were out quarter past three. But as soon as the three o'clock and uh, went, the teachers knew that was that was curtains for the for the lessons. So <laughs> we, we basically that was our time to make sure we had numbers and teams picked for. Or it was Davidson's Park and alongside alongside oh, yes, play. We yes. went down, we went down there after every every school uh, day and it was the case uh, get home as quick as you can, change your clothes, get your boots or your trainers and, and it was over at the park and sometimes we would be playing twelve, thirteen, fourteen as easily in like this. Uh, weekend were the same. It was and that and that was more mobile phones and anything to, to try and organise it. That was just a case of getting out and, and knocking on doors and seeing who could who could all meet uh, yep. at the park. Um, I wouldn't. It's, it's dying out a wee bit. I wouldn't say it's gone because even now when we do our pre-season in the playing fields in Fraserburgh, they, we sometimes do have a fight for for an area with, with school kids, uh, just a group of them playing there. So it, it does happen sporadically. Uh, it's definitely not as as common as it was back when when I was growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, you talked about your siblings. I mean, was there was there competition? Was there uh, much competitiveness within your group, your family? Uh, I think in, in life, the, the three boys, there always was a bit of competitiveness, and um, I always joke with, with them now because I I say I used to take out in them when when we were younger because I was bigger then, but now. <laughs> I'm a, I'm the short one of the, of the three, <laughs> uh, so they can they can get their revenge now if they, if they try. <laughs> uh, but no, it was probably uh, Wall played growing up. Uh, me and Dean stuck at it and went right through. I think Ryan Ryan took a break and and went into golf. He took up golf and he was down to a very low handicap. All right. Ryan Ryan has that personality where he, he does that. He. Can, Easily fall out of love with someone and, and just pick someone else up and, and go with it and, and not quite master it, go professional, but he could pick it up and play really well. And that's what he did with his golf. And then I think it happened there, it was getting too serious with his golf and he just downed the clubs again and, and got back into football, which is, is turned out to be the right thing that, that he did because he's now carved a, a really good career. He can still play golf, but his, his football career came out but no I think in the house uh, Ryan didn't really sport but he was more Celtic 
my brother Dean was with Burpool and I was Newcastle so I was back in the, the famous 4-3 game at, yes. um, at Arfield that discovered Newcastle's chances yes. in the league so it was it was a bit of fun in the house then my dad was in Burpool as well so it's there's always been that rivalry. I think that's, that's healthy. That's yeah, absolutely. Healthy you need that little, little bit of competition between you because it, it takes it out the best out of And I think the three of us all agree that we've, we've took each other on, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And your, your career certainly started really, really well playing for your hometown club, Fraser. But I mean, what's that like to put on the black and white kit? Yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, I again I'll go back to my dad. He he pushed me. I remember even before my I was I was signed with Fraserburgh as, as a youth at under 14s, under under 16s. I think they had the development that was back then. And um, I remember alongside uh, had a really good juniors team at the time. I think they won two titles back to back. Just before I came on the go, and um, my dad used to put me around to. To try and get in their training, you know, they, I started to go down there. And to start with, I just stood behind the goals when they were doing shooting and, and kicked the balls back. And then, then you'd next time a couple of weeks down the line, they would maybe have one goalkeeper shot. So I got to stand in the goals and and do that. And then maybe a crossing drill needed, needed an extra body, and I got to that. And then I knew it, I was I was taken by given opportunity to take part. So that, that was good. Good stead in that way. And then obviously. I remember playing for I was at Link Up at the time for Isbara Link Up and I played at at um, the Link Park just next to the Bells and Charlie Duncan the manager for Isbara who, who gave me my first crack at, at Highland League he he went out for a run just before he met up with coaches before I gave him the so I must have been yeah. around about that time and I remember he stopped me and basically told me you're going you're going nowhere but but it broke Mm-hmm. And that gave that wee taste that okay, that's maybe the next step. And I was maybe three or four years earlier than, than when I did uh, get my debut. But I've I've been lucky in that sense. I've even through my school I had good players at school. I mean, I I played with an academy team that was was brimming with talent. We probably had one of the best football teams that Mental Academies ever ever had. Yeah. And um, Scott Fraser ended up getting a great career at Tide. Ryan Christie, John Usher was was breaking in. I think Stuart Cumming was with us at the time. He ended up playing professional with Blackburn, yeah. amongst others. Um, so we had a fine at the academy, and yeah. then that 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 kind of gives you a, a social aspect as well. Because even to this day, I'm still good mates with, with all the te- well, the majority of the team that we had back then, and we still regular contact through the the social media and. I think that if you can get good players around you at a young age, definitely that, has, that makes better in, in the long run. I mean, it takes takes out you. But like I say, the, the spine of that academy team was Fraserburgh youth, and then like uh, when I did break into Fraserburgh for the first time myself, John Usher, Ryan Christie, we all kind of broke in at the same time. Yeah, and and. From there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to bring in a few names now from my connection with Ellen United because obviously I know Stephen and Neil Mayen who have played for Fraser in the past and also Russell McBride and you, I imagine, played alongside those guys. What were they like to, to be along with in the dressing room? I think my, my first spell with, with Fraser, above all, they were, they were good mates. The majority of the, the squad, they, they got on and they were, they were good friends. Um, 
the names you meant, I mean, I d- I, we could be here, we could be here all day speaking about Russell <laughs> McLeod and his connections with with Fraser Brown, what he's done for a club. I mean, it, I think ten years at one club is is difficult nowadays. But I think Russell made tw- was twenty. <laughs> and unfortunately for him, the one he missed was the year that they won the league. Right. Yeah, which was my first my first season. Yeah, uh, but Russell's he's he's a character. He's he's a great guy. He's He's skillful. He could read a game just as good as, mm-hmm. as anybody I've played with. And like I said, we could we could be here for definitely forever. Speaking mains, um, <laughs> characters as well. Neil probably more so. There's, we've got okay, he's he was not the brightest. He's not the brightest. <laughs> Neil. Great, great left peg. Great player. Loved a tackle. Um, but like I say, not not the sharpest. Uh, Stephen. A bit better, <laughs> a bit better. A bit better. He'll be laughing at that. <laughs> but, um, the one, the the year that Fraserburgh, the one in my first year, we won the league. I think I made my debut not long into the season. I'm sure it was October, November kind of time. Uh, I didn't have much that season. Obviously, my first season. I think I made a few appearances and scored the one, the one goal. But Michael Stephen takes the credit for for that season as he as he does for the majority of the time he was at Fraserburgh he was he was head and shoulders above everything in yeah. the league at that time I think he won countless um, player of the year awards at, yeah. at that level but, and he was he was he could win a game himself he was he was I, I kind of I sometimes refer back to him with my, the guys I've got now because he he had an inner belief that it didn't quite it bordered on arrogance but it was a belief in his own ability in that even I remember even corners he, he took corners and he he was shooting from corners that's how that's how much he knew he could trouble goalkeepers and shots from from everywhere and I, I don't want to discount the rest of the guys but I think he he was a massive part in and mm-hmm. how Fraser won the league that year and, and that's why I, as that moves on to Stephen as well Stephen and I think it was Gavin Weems playing that wing they, they were exceptional that, that season as well and I think those three there was there was a couple of others Derek Fleming Derek Malm got, uh, Billy Gordon they had they had some in that year that, that really helped so they had a they had a team that there was very little injuries I think and mm-hmm. the majority of the team played Every game, and I think it shows when you can, when you're able to do that, you play your best players that you've got a great chance, and and that was the the season that they they managed to win it. Yeah. Probably should have won more. If I'm being honest with them, um, the the talent they had, even then, even after then, they've always they've always been up there or about. They've been a great club team over the years. That they've been labelled, but I think probably should have won won more league titles or than the, than they actually did. But um, like I say, we could be here, we could be here all the time <laughs> with the guys I've mentioned. But between between Michael Stephen definitely and Russell McBride, that's that's two of the better players that, that I've played with Fraserburgh definitely. Yeah, absolutely. When you're part of a, a solid squad like that, and as you mentioned, a side that hasn't had a lot of injuries and have always had that strong winning mentality, and they have you know a good spring of players, of different players. You know, does all that ingredients strive for success? Does that get that together in a nice way? There's a lot of ingredients you need to add to the mix to have a have a chance at a title. Um, need a bit of stability, need a bit of consistency, definitely. 
and like I say, if you've got a Michael Stephen in your team, it, it helps definitely. Mm-hmm. With, with you always need that gem that can turn a draw and a win. If you've got that kind of guy, then, then it's an added boost. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was lucky to be involved in it. And, and I remember, I can't remember where, and this goes back to my, to my dad and how he pushed it. We were, I don't know what, it was a Saturday, and um, I don't know if we're away in holiday or if we're away for a day, but we're in the, in the car, and basically, um, my dad got a phone call from, I think it was Bruce Buchan at the time, uh, who was Charlie's uh, right hand man. Uh, and they were, I don't know if they were short or if they were maybe a couple of. Uh, Injuries, niggles, and tests that they had to do for a game, but they wanted me up at Bucky. Yeah, to, to be part of it. And now my dad just turned the car and didn't even ask. He just up the going up the Bucky, and I, I don't think I was in the squad that day. Mm-hmm. But Charlie basically said that you with us full time now, and, and it did. I think I made my debut a few weeks after coming on off the bench. Uh, I can't remember who that was against, but I know I scored my my second or third appearance. That yeah. was my, my only goal that season. But um, you can't. Charlie Duncan again, another another legend of the the club. Probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest. I mean, yeah, a guy I've heard of. Yes, mm-hmm. he's, he's he maybe was like I say. I think it's the being brutally honest, the teams that he's had probably should have won more, challenged more. But I was 16 when I was thrown in, and I think you, you would have oh, countless uh, individuals who could say the same that Charlie took a chance in him at 16 and, and threw him in. And to do that in, in a Highland League, to be a to put that over maybe a bit of success, you've got the blood youngsters in because. It's, there's a great old saying that you can't win nothing with this, but Fergie turned around and says you, you, you can't win with two. Yeah, and absolutely. We, we, had a bit of, we had a bit of experience, James Guinness. There was guys like uh, who was who was just finished when I, when I, but like I say, myself, Frank, Christie, and then after that, you know, Graham Johnston, Jolly West, they came on the go at the same kind of age yeah. as I broke in, and they've gone out to. They have believable careers. Yeah, absolutely. A number of players that uh, put their careers down to, to Charlie, Charlie and, and Fraser in, in general. It wasn't Charlie? It was the guys above him that gave him the, the belief to do what he did and throw us in. It's, it's down to him that we that we got our fair crack at, at the league. Yeah, absolutely. Were you a, a hard trainer? Um, were there people in the camp that were you know, harder trainers than yourself, or were you one of the ones that really were determined to succeed at that level? Yeah, I think I was one of the best. I think I was never, I was never blessed with, with blistering pace. Um, I was, I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big at all. But I was, I missed the, the gym kind of era that's that's going around now. Um, I wasn't interested. I still, I'm, I'm not interested that much in, in gym work. But I missed that, so I wasn't really big. But I could run. I could run. I with good stamina and. And I was clever, so I had a brain on it, which, which was my main sense. But training, I just love training. I mean, like I say, my dad, my dad took my training. Um, I've got debt to guys like Chris Hunter. Um, he would often come down to, to my house and pick me up and take me through. Guys like Stuart Finney, guys like them who established players on the first team at the time. They, they went out their way to come down and pick me up and, and make sure I went through. But if I could get a run, I'm taking the bus to try and get through to training because yeah. uh, I just loved being in, in that environment and it's to 
I mean, yeah, there's the, the football side and there's the, the kicking a ball and the training side, but you've also, it's, it's mates to come back to that again. You have guys that you can have a laugh with, um, you can meet up with and talk about different stuff, and it's just a great environment to be in. So, especially at 16, plus the squad being good, I felt like it didn't show that that enthusiasm and that keenness that, that maybe my career in the league would be cut cut short because it, yeah. it was in guys like Charlie's hands that I had to prove because I knew I wasn't going to get in unless unless I worked harder than the guys that were training and, mm-hmm. and I've always had that keenness even, even now I still, I still love going to training and, and take part when I can and, and take a step back at times but it's a big big part of your life uh, training and if you've got to do it you've got to do the runs you've got to do the pre-season you've got to make sure you're set especially nowadays I think yeah. the standard of football nowadays is the players are, are definitely I think it's the vein veinness coming out of them yeah, it's a yeah. Bit of vanity and, and they're all they're all looking at themselves in the mirror and they want to look good and, and that makes them they're fitter and possibly stronger yeah. than, than the one back when I broke in yeah. Um, within the culture but no I think training was, was a massive part and I loved I loved going along to, to just kick a ball basically yeah you mentioned the social side as a player uh, Mark um, what were the nights out like because I reckon there were some real characters there yeah there was there was characters obviously in the early stages I, I wasn't a big drinker um, I didn't really drink until until I was maybe 19 going on and then we did it that way but uh, there was some. There was definitely characters. As there is every club, I think yes. every club's got your got your characters. And Fraser probably had a bit more because they were young guys, and so uh, because of the way Charlie uh, had his, his, his and there wasn't a lot of guys over thirty, um, even thirty-five. I think that was non-existent. Maybe one or two at the time, but it was all young guys who mixed well. And yeah, there was there were nights out in it. It's a part of the, the game as well. Absolutely. Your Christmas nights out, your um, your social events, even if you get a war nights where you mix with the sport, making something on the chaos. Um, Kevin Norris, for one, he was he was a character. Uh, he always he didn't miss much in, in terms of uh, nights out and the entertainment side of it. The best player, club, but he, he made up for it with. He's just one of them guys that. You needed in your team. He yeah. did. He did all the dirty work. He did the. He could run all day. He was small. He was athletic, and and he was a bit of a joker, which kept the guys kept the guys fucked up. Always, but he get cut. The guy uh, Kevin was one at Fraserburgh. Uh, there was other clubs as well as we'll probably mention as we go. Yeah. And then um, Russell, he was uh, Ryan Christie. Likes like the night out day. They all like the night out in the bus. Bus journeys somewhere, but they uh, could be. Uh, let loose um, Inverness Clark uh, and that was a that was always a good a good burst journey because uh, Charlie was loved Inverness obviously he played for, for them up there he was iced up in Inverness so I could see us sometimes sitting in the bus nine half waiting for him to come out and, and get home which is it's a thing but, uh, with the past now it's, it doesn't happen a lot teams yeah. normally if, if there even is a bus the bus will be away by six maybe just that to get guys home but no I remember being up there and, and waiting patiently with, with drink in the bus for, for Chuck to come out and it just added to yeah. the guys I mean very few people took cars to, to games it was all bus because that aspect of it was, was important the, the 
socialising after it with, with players, with opposition players, with opposition uh, committing guys, and then the bus journey home was was a big part of the the team spirit that you that you had back in the day. Absolutely. Um, you you mentioned the nights out. I mean, I've I've had a couple of great nights out with the the main brothers Stephen and Neil, and and uh, absolutely great characters. And you mentioned those guys as well. And it just seemed like you know that 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 team spirit and camaraderie. It, it just increased that and made it a really enjoyable experience for you. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, when there were there were more like mates at Fraserburgh. It was one of them where if with the majority of them got on, there wasn't a, there wasn't any egos. There wasn't any uh, any guys that thought they were better than, than everybody else. Obviously, Michael Stephen, uh, we knew he was bad gem and he was a a star player. Um, but they all mixed well, and that's one thing. Um, I think because of the the way Charlie had his team and he took youngsters and gave a chance early. I think that made that once the guys got to maybe late, mid to late twenties, they, they had that appreciation of of the youngsters like myself that came in because they'd been there and they knew what it felt like to be a 15, 16 year old at, at been with first team player. So they kind of took you under the wing, like I spoke about before. But Chris Hunter was uh, he he really looked after me both as a player and then when you were the manager, he yes. would pick me up and, and take me through the training, make sure I got there. And he was the same. And, and other guys in the area that would pick me up and take me through. Um, but they they all looked after you. All made sure that you were you were part of the the group. Um, and and it's just it was just a great atmosphere and environment to be in because. Yeah, there, there was that uh, desire to win, but they, they really got on. And, and when yeah. you play with mates and guys, guys that you care about, you probably go extra yard as well to and get something. And, and like I say, to be a young kid and, and being amongst guys that enjoy their football and enjoy playing with young with youngsters in the team it's, it, it helps us and it helped me definitely as I, was, as I was coming through Yeah absolutely and you had a fantastic career at Fraserburgh as we've mentioned let's talk about your next part of your journey because you then moved to Devon Vale why the change? Something different? Uh, yeah it probably was I mean to be to be brutally honest I, I, I wasn't playing as regularly as I wanted to I think uh, I was I, I would get spells but then whether it's through my own fault or, or just not hearing people not having that trust in, in me, I wasn't a, I wasn't a regular as I wanted to be. Um, as much as kind of got nothing but respect for, for for Charlie and how he went away about his business, but the, the training wasn't wasn't what I was expecting. I, I wanted to, to progress me as a player more than, than what was coming, and I, think I just got a weave in. When you're not playing, you're, you're not happy. It's as simple as that. So I just kind of, I didn't, I didn't put my name anywhere. I didn't, I didn't speak to anybody. I didn't expect anything miraculous mm-hmm. to, to come up. And I think uh, Ian Murray uh, Mulby at the time, I think he he played with Matt Fraser for a, a short spell, and then he ended up at Denver Vale. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been him who mentioned it to, to Greg Carroll at the time that I would have, because I was out of contract in the summer. So he mentioned it to, to Greg. I went up and spoke to Greg, and this was just in the back of Devonshire winning the league. So mm-hmm. they were champions at the time, and Greg, Greg sold it to me. And uh, they just had their, their, their new kind of stadium was was well, their new stand was up, and it was a good environment to be in. Obviously, some good players. So it was just something I thought I'll take advance and 
didn't do it. If I if I had my time over again, would have would have made the same decision. I don't know. I don't know if I would have. I probably maybe have stayed at Fredbar and and went on because I know the it's a phrase, but I went on half as well. But I still I still like I like challenges. Even now I I like challenges and and going to Vale to prove myself with a champion was was a big step at the time and it was something different a different environment to to go and experience and I took and I've enjoyed I really enjoyed my time at Devonville I loved loved every minute well at the end I loved the majority of it but um, yeah it was it was a difficult move because like I say we're all mates at Praise we're Mm -hmm. all on uh, some mates there that I'd broken out the team with and and been through school with but I just that I needed something different to, to push myself on and, and try and get a bit more consistency with, with game time. Yeah, absolutely. Devon Vale is obviously a club that you know have I've, I've kind of struggled in recent seasons. You know, when I was growing up, they were one of the sides who were always at the top end of the table. But in recent seasons, they've sort of sort of dropped down a little bit. Why do you think that is the case? I've, I've, I've not been in, in Devon Vale for a while, so it would be a bit unkind for me to, to comment on them as such but I know I know there was investment at the time I went up yeah. uh, there were some unbelievable players up there I mean like from from where I phrase it but were good really good mates uh, the big difference I noticed with going to Derrivale is they were they were still mates but I was a, a more professional uh, set up amongst the team right. there were bigger characters uh, and they are of a real desire to win rather than than just play, which the same thing but have they definitely have that in in spell, but I think it was more apparent in Denver. It was maybe because they just come off of the off the back of winning a, a title that they knew they had to up their game to try and retain it. Yeah. Um, but there's more of that there. Um the, the guys, like I said, the guys that were at Devon Vale then were Exceptional talents, um, and Greg managed to pull uh, Greg Carroll. He managed to pull a, a great squad there, which over the years just just kind of kind of dwindled. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's no secret that Devon Vale had, had a spell with it financial constraints as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if, that, if that's had a big impact to, to what it is, but it seems teams. It's it's very difficult. I think Fraser are one one of the few that's managed to maintain. A, a good team for years and, and like regenerate teams they're used to what say but yes. I think back when I broke in you're obviously you're Huntley who were just before me were yeah. the best team winning titles on titles uh, East were very strong side at the time and, and obviously Devon Vale were, were there as well and now when you look at Broder back then were, were one of the teams at the bottom and well, mm-hmm. now they're, they're up the top it's, it's People get a chance and opportunity. It's like swings and roundabouts, and it's very difficult to consistently be up at the top end challenging. Which phrase, I wouldn't say phrase, but I have done. But they've definitely been been one of the one of the good sides at top top half for, for many a year, far back as I can remember. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned your time at Devonville. You then decide to go to Turf United. Um, again, different to surroundings. I take it, and a different challenge. Yeah, I had, I had two great years at Devonville under Greg Carroll. And mm-hmm. probably didn't, again, back to the same as Fraser, but I didn't win what, what we probably should have with the, with the guys there. I mean, you go, if you could rattle through the matches and was just a, 
and a stalwart to the high league. He, up until then, had never experienced that probably a leader as as much. And he was he he was an eye opener. He was, he would really push push us to the limit to to do well. But then in the back of him, Kenny Gilbert, Steve Dillon, who's the manager, Robbie Brown, guys like that. Uh, Backed him up, and they yeah, marched him an off day and didn't it was a roar night, and they would certainly be right behind it. Yeah. There was an expectation there; you had to you had to give your all every time, and it, it was it was a good thing. And then you go back to the gems, your Michael Stevens at Fraserburgh. They had guys like Mike McKenzie, who was another phenomenal player for for the Highland League, and could turn a game on its head. So that, that was a strong team there. And then I think. Greg, Greg left. Uh, Greg had a tough spell and he, he parted ways with, with Vale and they took uh, Scott from the Stuart Glenny. Uh, I stuck with my spell with them, but for some reason we just never really clicked with I never clicked with them. And, um, I can remember playing some games and doing well, getting man of the match occasions. And that was sometimes I run and joke that I got man of the match and I wasn't in the team the week after. Um, it was quite a few times I was a bit bemused, but because I was a bit younger and I didn't have the, I maybe should have spoke up more. I was back then, I was maybe quieter in the dressing room and just tried to get on with it and, and mm-hmm. do my best. But, but looking back, I maybe should have spoke up a bit more because I didn't, definitely under them, only didn't get the game time I think I deserved. Yeah. I should have got because I was definitely doing it when I when I was playing, and I was get uh, one of the best trainers at the club at the time. But I just didn't uh, didn't have their trust to to play as regularly as I, I wanted to, and that's I, I probably I, I think it mixed in with I'm sure I bought my first house at the time, and there was other things going on that around February March time that, that, that my final year at Devonville I took a break. Uh, I just says them that that I was I was done and I was. I wasn't yeah. a very much uh, coming back my way to try and convince me to stay, if I'm being honest. Um, so I think we're both, we're both read in it that my time at, at, at Devonvale was, was done. Yeah. Which it was a disappointment because I didn't enjoy my, my time. I think it was four years in total I was at Devonvale. But, um, but Chris Hunter was at, uh, the manager at Turriff at the time. And obviously I have known Chris for, for years before it. He, he was a big my my initial step in the high league. Um, he he was I believe there may have been a fee agreed with Evervale for me to go there. Yeah. Um, around about March, just towards the end of the season, I just thought, no, I'll I'll see the break. My contract's out in this time anyway, and then we'll we'll take it from there. See see if there's anything else. So nothing uh, nothing else must have. I think Huntley was sniffing about at one stage of uh, format, but I'd, yeah, uh, Dave McGinley at the time. I think that sat right with with travelling and, and that. And I think he did offer a train once, but that didn't sit well with me. It's either all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Duncan came back in for my uh, last minute. Uh, if I remember right, I think he was maybe a bit too late. I'd Agreed with Chris to, to go to Turriff. Um, from what I know, Turriff weren't long in the league. Yes. Chris was, was trying to build, build a squad um, together and, and just progress. And going there, I was I was one of the probably the bigger names to, to go there at the time. Um, I signed along with uh, Michael Ewan, who mm-hmm. had, had a spell at the Devonvale with, uh, knew his game. Um, and I'd, like I say, I'd I think because of my relationship with Chris, I think that's what what sold me and Turriff and to 
be honest with you, over all my playing days, I think Turriff was was my most uh, my best season. Right. Um, from from what I turned out, uh, I gave ninety just short. I'm sure I missed out the twenty goals from from midfield, and wow. then um, and then I had probably had a few assists because at the time we scored a lot of goals. And, uh, the guy had one. I think it was one, and I think I played maybe two or three months of the following season. But that that one season was. Was, was great for me we actually we were up the top of the league for, for a good spell um, mm. up challenging and then I think was, we just fell away towards the end um, we won we won the Aberdeenshire Cup which even to this day was the toughest run that I've, that I've had to win I think we went to every locals and um, I remember we beat them 3-1 after extra time wow. I, at the movie um, I scored a free kick from about 35 yards I'm being told <laughs> against Andy Reid so, so that was that made it 1-0 and then I think I'm sure I was involved with a fracas with, with Tommy Wilson and got him sent off so <laughs> it was a, that was right after kickoff as well so it was a good couple of minutes for me and then <laughs> they, they must have equalised at some point they went extra time and then we managed to get a couple of goals in extra time to win it yeah. then the next round was was Peter Head they were in the competition at the time so we ended up playing them at Balmour and, and we won it beat them 1-0 uh, which was uh, Dave McKenzie scoring and Dave for all the guys I can I can mention Dave McKenzie was an unbelievable he I'm not being cheeky when I say he he couldn't play he, he couldn't he wasn't flash he, he could hardly pass he was he was a farmer by trade but for he scored 20 to 22 to 25 goals that season for wow. Tariff, from playing in midfield alongside it and his knack of arriving in the box at the right place at the right time and his headers he scored he was he was unbelievable he's captain of the club and he's he's a, moving on from, from I've been lucky in my career play under some great captains mm-hmm. with likes of Russell McBride and, and Mark Chisholm but Dave McKenzie ability wise he's, he's not in the same bracket as, as those two but as a leader and as a captain he's probably one of them that's, that's shut me up when cause I, had a wee <laughs> bit of a, I, could, I could speak back more at this stage because I'd and matured a wee bit and I was because of my will to win I was I was a bad loser and I would come in and I would I would get a bit bratty with the guys but that's surely a good thing but that's surely a good thing that you, you know okay a lot of people don't say that they're, they're bad losers but that's because they're passionate and they want to win and they want to win at all maybe not at all costs but they want to do it the right way and they're, and they're passionate about what they do yeah yeah definitely I mean I could. I remember coming in, and it was probably my expectations. I just expected to be, to be the best at everything, everything I did, and, and wanted that out of, out of teams. And and I was, I maybe went over the line. Some players might say I went over the line with them at, at times and, and lost it. But I don't think I've ever singled anybody out for for a rant. And in time as a, a player, I think it was more a, a general. Come on, let's let's pick us up and get going. Yeah. But I, that one I remember with Dave. Um, I remember I came in at half time and and I, if we, I, we must have been losing anyway, but we didn't play well. And I just I was awaiting, I was awaiting something and kick water bottles or something. And I just turned around and my, his finger was in my face, and it was just basically don't. And then I was, but Dave, don't. You're part of his team. You take the same responsibility. And, it's always stayed with me. And there's n- nobody goes on a football park to play poor. Correct. And 
we'll all have those games I've, I've had plenty um, even in management I have my off days but that was the one time I was like you know what you're, you're bang on and now maybe you need to scale it back a wee bit and, and, and try and get more out of them than, than come in and start losing it but, yeah. so he was probably the one that, that changed that but like I say I was, I was Peter Head we beat Peter Head 1-0 and then we played Aberdeen in the final at Balmour yes I remember this I think yes and and we beat, I think it was 2-0, and I, actually I'm pretty sure it was 2-0, and I think Gary Harris did one chopped off a line that was probably over the line, but I, I remember a team, I was, was five, he was on the bench, I believe there was a, a guy, uh, maybe, was it, there was a guy who played for Aberdeen, who ended up at Blackburn, uh, Paulette was in the team, and uh, Nicky Lowe was, was up against me, um, because I remember, <laughs> I came, I actually had one of my, uh, my best mates, Staggers, that weekend before the final on the Wednesday or the Tuesday or the Wednesday night, so I was I was away from the Friday to the Sunday or something like that. So I missed the Saturday game, and as you can imagine, a, a few days in the bevy is not the greatest thing. <laughs> preparation for a final. It's not something I'd be encouraging for for my players. But anyway, please drink responsibly on this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I, I managed the training on the Monday as a preparation for the for a game on the. Wednesday night before it was and I ended up playing in, in centre midfield and 10 minutes into the game I remember Peter Paul uh, pulled his hamstring and I think he was going through a tough jury spell mm. at the time mm-hmm. and he, I'm not saying he was milking it but he was there was a lot of fuss oh that's the next grab he gets his hamstring gone and I basically says come on get off the park if you're injured and Nicky <laughs> Nicky will mention come on give him a break he's, he's been out for X amount of months and He's, he's just getting up to fitness and I politely told him that I'm just back for four days in the bevy and I'm still managing to play so maybe she's worried about us as well as Oh as brilliant <laughs> So we went on, went on to win that game comfortably like I say there was a lot of big names in, in that team at the time and we went on and won it uh, 2-0 which was Turret's first trophy in the in the Highland League but um, we, we, I was again I went back to probably the mate side there was no there was no egos at, at Turriff yes the right belt it was just a group which which Chris was good at he was good, good at getting a group of, of guys together who could work hard and and put under pressure yeah. and, and give little time which he managed to do that time and right was fine at Turriff's team there was some really good there was, I, was, I was lucky to play with a, a really good partnership with Michael Gunn, which which I said and with the two of us complemented each other well um, at, at Turf yeah and I'm, I'm, I didn't think we're, I say we finished tailed off towards the end and didn't quite give a, give a challenge but we definitely we definitely gave Turf something to build on and, and go forward with yeah absolutely and Turf have been a really big addition to the Highland League I mean obviously you've not, you're no longer there but you know you, do you still keep an interest on how they're getting on obviously this season you know they've, they've been in the bottom half but do you think they're a side that could be you know heading towards a positive streak again maybe more mid-table Turf are a great club they're an unbelievable club uh, the Every every club in the Highland League have got the unsung heroes, so to speak, the guys that never never get the the credit they deserve. That put in countless hours uh, to make sure that we've got what we need to to play on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, 
there was a lot of clubs get the uh, publicity, some clubs don't. Um, Perth was one of those. The guys, even the directors, right down to to the likes of Peril, I'm sure she, everybody in High League will know about Peril at, at Turriff. Um, the guys there, it, it's, it was a great environment to be in. I was, there was no pressure on anybody to, well, I didn't get any pressure on anybody to be, to be league winners or anything like that. They just want to do the best they could for for Turriff, for the town rather than, than anybody. They, they were really focused on the community making sure that they got something for, for them. Yeah. And, the guy, uh, Eddie Morrison, the directors, Ellis Dugid, another who were really, really great with with me. Even even now, I still I still have great admiration for for guys like them. Eddie Morrison, team night out in his house, <laughs> the whole team ended up in his house, which was was on. It was a great night, unbelievable <laughs> night for for everybody. With with a great a great time at it, but many beers they, had. <laughs> Yeah, there are many beers. That's one thing. Uh, football players, they can buy. They know how to have a good time. Absolutely. In every club I've been involved with, um, are part part of that. Well, but going back to where Tarafan now, they've been taking a different route, a uh, different avenue to go. Uh, the one, the one to go with youth, which which is great. Um, if they can to keep all those players together, then they we are forced. Chris, Chris is there. Chris has been there and he's, he's built teams before. Um, maybe different now that I'm up against him. It's a different kettle, but um, yeah. I'm sure that the, the backing that Chris, Chris will undoubtedly get there, the, the way Chris is a manager, they'll, they'll start climbing and start getting better as, as the seasons progress. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to close this section off of your playing career now with a couple of last questions. But my first question is: Do you think you achieved everything that you wanted to in your professional career? You know, do you think you, um, you know, made the most of it? Oh, you have no regrets, is what I was probably meaning to say. No, I, I, I'm not one to believe in regrets. To be honest, um, decisions are made at, at the time, and, and whether they're are wrong, you have to make the best of what you made. I've highlighted before. Uh, the move from Devonvale to Turriff was was probably easy mm-hmm. uh, at the time. The move from Fraserburgh to Devonvale was more difficult. Had I had my time over again, I'm not sure if I would have made that move because looking back, the testimonial side is, is part of it as well. But but something I made and and I went on. To, I've as a player, I, I believe I'm, I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've got every medal that there is to be won in the the Highland League. Which is um, really? probably I missed out the qualifying cup in Fraserburgh won the last qualifying cup that was the, the cup they used again in the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. um, back yeah, years ago I think Fraserburgh won that year I left so I missed out on that one but the, uh, the one is probably the league I've, I've got medal but like I say I played a couple of a handful of appearances and and um, I scored one goal which I don't really see myself as a big part of that squad I was part of it from maybe October November right through till the end of the season but then I see there was a big. I would have been. I would have preferred to win a, win a league title, being one on the main part of it. But it is. It is. Um, I'm. I'm a believer. And you make it to what you've what you've got. If I had lucky to play with some unbelievable play, play under some great managers, and and be part of one of the one of the best leagues there is. I think. Yeah. 
the, the relationship between everybody in in big is great. So no, I, I think as any I mentioned maybe moving to Fraser, but I was wrong. But I did get back. I did get back for for five or six years before I took on the manager's job. Yeah. So it's, I, did get, I did get a pull on that shirt again. Yeah, I'm going to split this podcast into two parts uh, because this is a really interesting discussion, Mark. Uh, my last question in this first part is, is there a moment for you that defines your playing career and you just say, oh, I wish I could go back and just savour that again? Um, the one, You've had so many. <laughs> I've, I've a few. The one, obviously, that spell that I spoke about with Turriff, where we won the the seal, that was a, a great. That was my bet on to win win a trophy uh, with the opponents who played, and and it was away from home for for every one of them. But the one game that probably sticks out for me was um, when I went back to Fraserburgh. We had a run in the cup where Montrose came to to, to Belsley. Yeah, and it was a typical Fraserburgh day that. The wind was going from from the one goal to the other. The rain was battering down, and it was just terrible. And we played against the wind the first half, and then we went and walked it down. And I've never been so mated at it being behind before in my life. I thought it was a great result to be one 0 down at half time with the with the wind that we played. And we came out the second half, and we held our own. We were up at we were played probably the better stuff. Graham Johnson scored an unbelievable goal with his weaker foot to, to equalise and one one. And then just as you thought we were going to extra time, we managed to, to get through and Grant Noble, who was just came to, to Fraserburgh, managed to slide one under um I can't remember, I think it was Stuart McKenzie was a keeper, slide under him and, and we won the game two one. Yeah. And the feeling to score a last minute winner in the Scottish Cup against a team that's at leagues above you is, is an unbelievable feeling and that's probably the one game that, that sticks in my mind from, from a playing career above, above the rest. Yeah, absolutely. You had a fantastic playing career. As I said, we're going to split your podcast into, or our podcast into two parts, Mark. Um, so I just want to say for the playing part, thanks very much for this mo- this part just now. Uh, we're going to take a short break and we're going to do your managerial career for part two. So thanks for that. To catch up with more Campbell's Football's podcasts, please listen to more on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now it's time to return to part two. So we're back for part two of this uh, special Campbell's Football's podcast with Fraserburgh manager Mark Cowie. Mark, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Um, In part one, we discussed your fantastic playing career. Um, Let's now move into the management side. When did you first realise to yourself that you wanted to make that step into management? Was it an easy decision for you? It was probably, it was was a difficult decision for the time. Um, Going back, I've I've always said I'm more of a a football manager uh, game than a FIFA. I I preferred the, the management side rather than the so I knew there was going to come a time where I'd want to get involved in the management or side. Um, towards the end of my playing career at Fraserburgh, Chris 
just took me in as like a the under 17s coaches to help out along there. So I did have a, a little taste of, of coaching even even at that stage. Um, obviously, it didn't it didn't cross my mind uh, up until um, Chris I left Fraser to go for Martin, mm-hmm. and then. I think I was, I was 30 at the time of him. A good season, actually. I just, I think we're in a cup final as well, but I was, I was having a good, a good spell as a player. One of my uncles was, was taking that, as it does, you start getting older, the, the, I was lucky in my playing never touch wood, never had any serious injuries. I did one. I was out for six weeks when I first went to Denver Vale, but apart from that, I, I barely had anything. Which yeah. is almost unheard of nowadays. Mm. Um, but I, I remember I got one bad tackle in a, in a friendly against Longstead, and Marco was never the same after that. And it was starting to take a bit longer to heal. The legs were starting to take a bit longer to recover. And, and, and the, the opportunity came up. Um, Chris left, and it was a bit of a skirmish. It was like, it was with a cup final, and, and I don't know between Chris and the, and the board of Fraserburgh but he left before before the end of the season and had three games still playing including a cup and I don't know how it's agreed I was like Russell McBride obviously called captain and Ryan Cathay was, was there um, and myself were probably senior players and we, we were left to try and take it as far as good and because Chris left with of his coaches and they wanted you it was still so we kind of did what we could. We, we sat down. We spoke. Remember, we went back to Russell's house and we started getting how how we did this. Um, the two league game. I wouldn't say it didn't matter, but there was no. We couldn't leagues. We couldn't. We were in the league. We had one cup final, and that was the most important thing. And between the three of us, we kind of agreed that I'd take more of a lead role because I was suspended for that game. Rather <laughs> yeah. than expecting them. Um, uh, Ryan to, to do transitions with the data to prepare I kind of took more charge on, on that side but I remember I spoke, I spoke overall with, with my family with, with my dad and my wife and, and we spoke about what we could do um, Fraserburgh is an unbelievable club mm-hmm. uh, historically Charlie was there for I believe 27 which is unreal Chris was there for large when we left on that board, he probably would have still been there had he had he not if he would still be here. So I knew that Bob uh, backed our managers and, and gave them a, a good it. So I, I knew that this opportunity probably wouldn't have come around again or a good chance wouldn't come around again. Yeah. Um, so I just I think yeah I've, I've been looking to do it for probably for a couple of years before I had an idea that this is what I was going down I didn't have budgets it wasn't the stage where I get that done and I spoke to I spoke to I told him about my desire to take it mm-hmm. one one bit that was in my mind because Russell had been at club for for 20 odd years was, was rightly out into the club and I was was making sure that he was in lining up because I didn't want to step over over him. Yeah. Just the, the way the connection with the club worked and to, to get his way if he wanted it. But I did I did ask uh, Russell was winning on he won, he, I think his plane done. He still thought he'd a few years, which he did. He, he went on and played a few more. And yeah. also he he I think he wanted 
that side of the game at this stage. I think he was in as much with a player than, than be a coach or a manager. So once he was hard for that goal to Ryan, um, spoke to some of the senior players, Graham Johnston, Mark Dix, Brian Hayes, the senior guys at club time, asked if, if they objected if I, if I went for it. They all came back with positive, positive comments and then put my name in, in the hut uh, with Finlay and the, the guys at Fraserburgh. Yeah. Got, got a phone call. I think I put my name in Monday. Got a phone call. They asked my for that. But I don't. I went for that chat. Was there with Bruce and Finlay Noble. Spoke a while. Talk, talk about what I, my plans were, what I would do with the club or try and do with the club. Um, and then I'm sure it was the day after or the day after that that I got the phone call saying that they'll be to offer me the job and, and when I went I won. Yeah, fantastic. And you've been there. You've been there for uh, just over five years now, which is fantastic for any manager, not just at Highland League level. I mean, do you feel that you gained a lot of experiences from your playing career, but also from? He obviously mentioned Chris Hunter quite a lot in this, and probably picked up a lot of uh, hints and ideas from himself and tricks of the trade. Was it? Was it that, or was it your playing career as well? Was it a mix of everything? I think that I was. I did, like. I don't want to. Both, but I did have a good brain for, and I yeah. could see the game pretty well. I could see, I could see things happening, developing. I was good in the tactics side, so I, I knew I would be okay. I didn't, I didn't know how good I would be, but I knew I'd be okay. But like you say, you pick up bits and pieces from from players, from managers, from even the professional game, from reading things. And, and I was, I was lucky to play for great managers. You look at Charlie; he spoke about how he. He interacts the youth up. There's been a few times I've sat there with, with young players on my squad and maybe thought, no, he's with that. You'll be throwing him in. The kid's a big game. Can we afford man? Will he, will he buckle under pressure? Mm-hmm. Thought about Charlie again, where he'd no fear and throwing him in. And to this day, I don't think there's a player that was thrown in and if that's down, I think every, every youngster in and, and done well, which gives me the belief to throw them in and Absolutely. be like what he was. And um, then when Greg Carroll, he was Greg. Greg probably wasn't the, the most tactical-minded uh, co- uh, manager I've played under, but he he was great for man management and he to get a group of players that that were winners together. Knew if I could go in that route and get a good spine that that would have a strong team because that's he he's won countless titles with with two two different clubs and in every club he's he's had they've had a good spine and a good, a good nucleus to them so I knew that was important and then Chris has obviously had a massive influence over my career um, we're probably pretty similar <laughs> that's probably why we have our, our, our arguments when we play one another yeah. Just uh, even as a, a player I would, he would say something and I, I would voice my opinion back and, but one thing that, that we were good at would, would phone each other up and say look Apologies for how I do it. I've seen this. I've seen this said that. Uh, yeah. Saying afterwards, his his passion, his desire to to do well, not just win, but well for for himself, his family, and the club he represents. I think that side of him is I've, I've picked up, up from from playing days on him because he he does put a lot of time and effort into his clubs, which which I've took under when I'm 
Fraserburgh. Yeah, I, w I should have mentioned this in part one, but obviously Bellsley, the, the home of Fraserburgh. I mean, what's it like to play at Bellsley? Because you mentioned in, in part one, obviously the wind can play such a big factor. I mean, what's it like to play there? I I think it's I'm, I'm biased. I'm biased. That's, I think it's the best venue in the high league. Um, I think it's 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 been there for for countless years, and it's managed to accumulate a history, which I think you feel when you go there. The the spells. I mean, obviously you've got the Celtic game that everybody remembers for we had for the for the lifeboat fifty years ago. The, yeah. You've also the the game. Dundee, um, the famous win over Dundee yes. in the cup. It's, it's just got a great history, and I think because it's it's not changed since those days, it's it's managed to hold that that feeling that that history it's got, and it's I, again I think there is a lot of clubs that are, are well supported in our league, and um, Bucky are, are well supported when they're winning, mm -hmm. and Varuri are a are a well supported club, but. I think Bells Lee is probably one of the places that that can be hostile. I yeah. don't think there's a lot of teams that would like coming to play at Fraserburgh, yeah. which is, is credit to the to the the ground, to the fans, to the to the guys that work at Fraserburgh. But I have had many great experiences on that park, and um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping I've got many more to come. And like I say, I think. If you asked a lot of the, the players and managers of, of present times and of has gone by, uh, their best ground in the High League, I think Fraserburgh Lee Park would, would be up there uh, with the best because it's just, it's just a great place to be, to be part of. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the, the games that stands out for me in your managerial career is that Scottish Cup game against Rangers back in 2018. I mean, what was that like, that, that whole day, that atmosphere, you know, playing against arguably one of Scotland's biggest teams. Yeah, it's a bit surreal when you when you look back. I mean when when you the game the game leading up was one it's the closest I've been to tears in my management career. Right. We went down we had a great run. We beat beat Forrest at home in the first round by a late a late winner to win two one I believe. But then went down to play Edinburgh uh, university and we managed to I think we'll be now it was more comfortable and then we played Spartans away and at the, at the time Spartans were the team of the, the low that's team. right mm -hmm. and in the first it was on the after perfect fair the first of the kind of us um, and we went in one nil down and we were kind of thinking we'll do work getting out of this the best we can probably go for it is to get him back up the road and get back on the bill in the, the grass um, we made, Ainge, we made a brave change after we took a midfielder off and put a, a winger on and it, to be fair it kind of changed the, the dynamic of the game we made a, a penalty midway through and 1-1 and then the last kick of the ball we managed to get a corner and it came in the keeper got caught in and Brian Hay man toe poke it into the into the goals and we won 2-1 and it's probably the the most well, I can say it's the most important. I think Fraserburgh has ever scored. Mm -hmm. uh, the directors, I think so. They want to thank him because of the the stress that them ended up putting them under. <laughs> what happened that. But um, the dogs are Monday night. We train Monday night, and I don't know why because I've never done it before. And I've 
I've never done it since. Um, because of the draw on my Saturday, you normally find out after the game who it's against. But we pulled, I put out a text to the, the guys and asked if they wanted to go through to the, um, the club and watch the draw before we take So we're all together, well, the majority of together, some of the guys were working and couldn't get through. But we're all together in the, in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. And then teams started whittling out, whittling out. And I, I remember poking uh, Ryan Christie, our, our captain now, and saying, look at the teams that are left. And I was, I'm, I'm sure it was like Aberdeen, St Johnston, Kilmarnock, it was all Premier League teams, us Rangers. I said, we've, we've finished big drop And Facebook came out. And then we knew, we knew the Rangers were, everybody knew. And then when, when they pulled out the number, um, I'm pretty sure it was the whole place erupted. Yeah. Um, it just went mental. The phone started ringing bang on the time that Rangers came out. So I'm pressed. I don't know how they got numbers so quick, but my phone was red hot. And, and we, we still the train. So try imagine, try get past the train after pulling <laughs> yeah, Rangers in the, in the Scottish yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, they did. They did. Um, the two things I wanted out I, once once you get the, the initial shock of the system that you pulled, you pulled one of the biggest clubs in the, in the country, and arguably the biggest clubs in the world, uh, come and play at your place. Two, one of the things is it's likely never to happen again. So I want to make sure that everybody in the planes, right, the players, got a, a taste of it. And by that I mean for interviews or. or Mm-hmm. For to, by press or for camera uh, cameras and news that came up uh, to get involved, I want to make sure it was spread out. And I think, to be fair, I think I did manage to cut every. They got better than So I want to make sure that they all had something to either for their scraps or a memory where they were they were part of the yeah the yeah. two match men because I'm sure the draw with the game was before it was before Christmas the Spartans game. And we had months of this build up to, to the Rangers game because of the the gap, the winter break. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, was goal from then, and then another, obviously, fair phrase uh, the board. Because um, when Rangers, they they kind of did put towards moving the game mm-hmm. to get a, a capacity, and, and we could have made more money. Yeah, we could made more money by moving it to the likes of Balmore or Pataudry or some. That's just hypothetically, we could have moved it there. We could have made more money, but and, and this this is why I think Finlay Noble and the, and the directors Peter Bruce and the all the phrase about are different. They their comment was, okay, we'll make more money from from moving it, but but what about the the taxi companies? Hotels, the restaurants, the memories, the, the pubs, the shops, everybody that that because if we moved that game to Peterhead, it would be Peterhead that would have exactly. Peterhead goes from because Rangers would have put up countless amount of uh, supporters up because it was a Sunday. Well, ended up a Sunday game, so they would have put countless people up that would have got the the feel of the game being in Fraserburgh. So it would have been Peterhead or somewhere like that had scored where Fraserburgh would have missed out. So. I think that was a big pool to keep the game at Fraserburgh, and there's no there's no rule that we had to move it 
so I think it was credit to, to the guys above I, above me that the game was, was held at Bells Lee. Yeah, obviously the game didn't materialise, but what was it like for yourself and some of the guys pitting your wits up against Graham Murty and his team? Because so I'm just looking at the Rangers team now just in front of me. Alfredo Morelos could only get on the bench for that game, and obviously Josh Windas uh, came away with a ha- with a match ball with a hat-trick. It's surreal. It's 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 unbelievable. I think Morelos at the time I was to him going to China because he he was sitting sulking in, in the dugout for the majority of the of the time. But I remember it's 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 amazing. It gives a new appreciation at, at players because I remember Cranshaw, Nico Cranshaw, Middle Park. But people basically said he was done. He was past it. Yeah. If you speak to speak to the players that were up against him uh, that night, they would they'll tell you that it was a different. A different uh, world, a different, different level altogether. He, nobody could get near him. Obviously, Windass scored the three. There was, it was a strong team. It wasn't the strongest, but it was a strong team. But yeah. for the build-up, I remember we chanced our luck to get down to Ibrook, watched them, and, and to be fair, Rangers were brand new. They got us down into the party. We play Motherwell in uh, the week. Um, even coming up. Uh, Spent a, a lot of time with me before the game, even after it. Mm-hmm. He, the players were on the bus because they wanted to get away before before crowds descend on them. It was, it was adamant that he would speak to me to make sure I was okay and or we left and left it there. But it was just like you say, the game. I must I must mention the effort that that Fraser went, uh, the community went through to get that initial game on. Um, there was there was. Heaters, there were covers, there were. That's right. Oh, the amount of work that right through that night, I'm sure it was the Friday night into the Saturday, and Fraser has never, ever had a game off for Frost, and I think before that. <laughs> and then one weekend, it's like minus, That's minus right. eight, I think it ended up, and we. We knew, I think, Finley, we knew deep down there was no chance this game was going to go ahead, mm-hmm. but. It didn't dampen uh, spirits. A phrase that there was sandwiches were down, stovies, and, and just unbelievable. Right through the night, I'm sure I left three, four o'clock. So I was, I was done, but there were still guys there for me. And then after, and then you go there the next day, and of course the game ended up going off. But probably, probably missed phrase brought out a wee. So it went from a Sunday game to ending up a Wednesday night. Yeah, so, uh, on Sky Sports as well. I remember the game well because I was sitting watching it with my dad. That was the that was only concern. Well, that was it only. That was one of the main concerns we had with the game going off is the, the revenue that Sky. But I, I believe Sky are pretty. They cover most of Rangers games. So once it was confirmed that we were staying put, we were we were a bit more relieved. But um, no, it was, a, it was a great occasion. Of we managed to, ma- to maximise it a wee bit better and have. Um, a bit more hospitality on to, to make sure we are for guys that have, have shown us another aspect of how we're, we were different um, we were we were due to play Lossiemouth um, on the Saturday mm-hmm. uh, they went up playing Rangers because the Highland League they, they schedule fixture for third for fourth round Scottish Cup onward because they didn't expect much teams to be in it mm-hmm. so the hospitality was full for the mouth game and then when we drew Rangers those same people who were in for the Lossiemouth game got the hospitality for the Rangers game at the same price. Yeah. So, more, more, along the feelings of if they're, if they're good enough to win against, 
against Lossy Mouth. I'm, I'm no disrespect to Lossy Mouth, but if they're good enough to come and watch that game, then they can, they're good enough to get a Rangers game as well. Definitely. So it was it was great that way. I'm sure everybody will agree will after the the town and the support of them, and they give them something to remember along with the, with the players. I'm sure they have got that. Yeah, ab- shot yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just having a look at that other, all, all the rest of the well, both teams actually. Jason Cummings was playing, who's obviously now at Shrewsbury and scoring goals in the FA Cup games. You know, if you have, you have people like Kanshiar, uh, you mentioned Andy Halliday, obviously still there. But and then I look at the Fraserburgh team, and obviously Peter Tate was in goal, and I, I know his brother Jack, who plays for Ellen United. I mean, Peter, fantastic um, professional. And you look at the rest of that team. You mentioned Ryan Christie was playing there, and a lot of good, honest guys in that Fraserburgh team, and they certainly didn't disgrace themselves on the night. No, I think three three nils. I mean, the puck wasn't wasn't a green pass. So someone went in favour. I did. I remember Rangers didn't play well that night at all. No, I, I, no, I wouldn't say they were played over. I think a window. You could argue he was in front. He scored mm-hmm. three. Um, they got a disputed penalty in in fifty minutes. It kind of set the tone. Rangers and dis- penalties are something that go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, it's, uh, I think it was a penalty. Uh, but no, I think. That's right. Uh, Murray was just put in in charge to end the season just before they played us, so they could have quite easily had a new management. And, and basically, the reporter said to me, at present, the whole of Scotland are watching Fraserburgh. He says, if they appoint a new manager before the game, so you'd be the first game he's in charge, the whole world will be watching you. So I'm kind of glad that, that Murray was given it to end the season and, and Gerard or, or whoever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the here and now. Um, obviously, this season obviously is is, is finished for, for now. But well, it is finished now. Um, but you had a really good cup double uh, this year. I mean, what was that like to win the Aberdeenshire Shield? And I, I can't remember. What, yeah, the, the two cup competitions. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, my first season as, as manager of Fraser, but I managed to do the same. We won the we won the cup, the Aberdeenshire Cup and the Aberdeenshire Shield That's right. uh, that year as well. So to do it again, it's, it's, I think my when I first came in, with one Fraser had won cups here and there, but I want to make it more consistent where we're really regularly challenging for for competitions. And and over the five years I've been here, we've seen a steady progression in the league where we've, every year we've we've managed to to finish a higher or, or higher than than the previous year. Um, but cup competitions, we won the two in the first season, then we had a space where we were poor in the Cups, really, apart from the, the good Scottish Cup runs. So at the start of this campaign, I, I made it clear that we wanted to really have a have a go. Mm-hmm. I 
I've I've got a squad capable, but now we've got we've got a really good squad, and guys a good mix of, of youth and, and guys that have been there and done it before. So we knew it was it was something we could we could compete in. Um, the first one was the was the cup. Um, again, with with the good run up, we played well in in the lead up to it, um, and then we got for Martin for Martin at, at Cove. Um, in the in the final. That's right. And I remember we just we just signed um, Campbell and Russell at the on the like the Monday before played the final, and I threw them both in the starting lineup, which is something that that maybe some managers wouldn't do because yeah. the guys that trained and they met teammates and Grant. Obviously, people knew Grant because he played a career in the hang, but Ross was coming from nowhere, and um, but I threw them both in. Uh, a wee bit of push because Michael Ray was suspended. He was my centre midfielder and suspended. I threw the, the two guys in and, and they both played unbelievable and they've went on to, to do great there. Um, we, we changed things about. Willie, Willie West has, has been a man who's played every position there is under the sun. Yeah. Uh, in recent times, he's, he's more of a centre half. And I wanted to play him up front in the final and, and Willie. Willie sometimes doesn't have the belief that he he can do a job. Yeah. Uh, when, when I throw, because I've done that quite a few in my management career, I've thrown little wobblers in here and there that changed that's came out of nowhere that, that myself and James have, have come up with. Uh, and this cup final was one of them. When we threw Willie, Willie, he was worried about his fitness whether he would last. Yeah. Last the game, he ended up scoring two goals and one to one. So he definitely did his part and ended up being a. Uh, right, a right decision. Mm. So that was that was great. That one, um, and then we played the Aberdeenshire, uh, Aberdeenshire Cup against Inverurie, and then that was a good, a good run to no Aberdeenshire Shield. Sorry, against Inverurie, that was a good. We did well to lead up to that, and then we went into locals and locals beat us previously in the in the league. Um, Andy Lowe, their new manager, he just came on board and they deservedly beat us in the league. Yeah, uh, at, at our place as well, which not a lot of teams have, have done recently, they they managed to do it. So we, we, we knew we needed a better manager, and, and as new managers that come in to do the, the give you a wee kick. So locals were on a wee bit of a high and, and doing well. So we knew we did we do something. So again, I mixed it up. Uh, I ended up playing a three at back, um, three five two, which really didn't we worked on it once. We do it on the on the tactic board on a Monday night. It was, I told the players what I expect mm-hmm. and then within the first 10 minutes we were, we were all over the place locals were well on top of us and I was frantically trying to get my coaches to come up with plan B mm-hmm. while I concentrated on the game luckily we spoke to the, the guys and they wanted to get out and, and said they'll be fine after that 10 minutes we we just well took, we kind of took control we, we bombarded the Baruri and and especially the second half we kind of we ran over the top of them and, and deservedly won it uh, in the end so it was probably the players with the thank for players with the thank for both of them anyway but definitely that one because I was supposed to change it for me but it was them it, they wanted to stick with it and, and luckily we got through it and it, it worked a team because I think Logos kind of lost our way once we started getting the ball down and knocking yeah. it about yeah. and it, it took a uh, took a shield off which which is great because yeah. I've always said Fraserburgh should be a team that's that's getting trophies but regularly yeah. I I manage up being part of that and think I've got the players.
players thinking that mentality too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, obviously, a really great season to win the cup double. Um, is there a slight disappointment you didn't go further in the Scottish Cup? I will. I noticed that you guys were playing Bonnie Rigg early in the season, and, and maybe a few people were, a, a few friends I know, were at that game and said you were very unlucky not to get a replay out of that game. That's that's probably one of the one uh, one of the games that I can't understand how we didn't win. And um, to be fair, uh, the Bonnie Rigg they defended very well. They defended strong. They were they were very organised. But um, it was just a case where we've we've been very good over the past two or three years. Uh, we scored a lot of goals in the league, and we're a threat threat at that end. But on this occasion, we couldn't find the net. We had with all the chances in the especially the second half, we bombarded their goals, and between the keeper and their, and their back line, they kept us out. And then the last, the very last minute. They broke away and managed to sneak a winner, which mm-hmm. was really unjust. Um, every you create your own luck. You, I'm, I'm not normally one to hate sour grapes, but I think the guys put a lot of effort in that game. Mm-hmm. If they'd been on, on play, we wouldn't have won it. But then we didn't, we didn't take our chances. We and we got caught by by a sucker punch. Yeah. Then Bonnie Rick then went to play on TV yeah. in the second round, which. Yeah, that's yeah, right. They, they, that's right. Did they not play? Um, they not play Bucky Thistle, didn't they? They played Bucky and the Bucky. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was on uh, Friday night on uh, the BBC. That's right. I remember watching that well, again. I think they beat some game third. I think they went to the fourth round as well. Yeah, they, well I know they. Lo- I know Clyde eventually put them out because um, that was the game that they. Very, again, in that game, I know they were very unlucky. I think Clyde won it very late on, one absolute worldie, I think. But yeah, because. Uh, I remember doing that. I remember doing the the Scottish Cup uh, podcast with Rob McLean, and and I remember talking about that game, saying there might be a potential banana skin there. And in fact, I think it was one of the games that actually got a correct scoring. So I said one 0 no, Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were they were they were they were very well organised and they were strong. They were they had a physical presence about them that that they, they couldn't be intimidated that way. They were really a lot of the teams we've played from down there have been organised and, mm-hmm. and good physical. And, and they were no different. Yeah. Like I think in another day would we would you give play that game nine times more would have won probably majority of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the Highland League has been really successful. Obviously Cove have gone up to League Two. Brora, you know, have been really good this year. Yourselves have been very strong. Do you think that the Highland League is at a better level than the Lowland League, or is it a very tough um, marker to gauge? It is. It is difficult. I think we've both had our spells where we've been on top. Obviously, the early rounds of the Scottish Cup puts uh, us against each other quite quite often, and mm-hmm. I think we've been. I think we're very similar. Um, I know there's a lot of investment um, down in the low league, uh, especially the last couple of seasons with your Kelty Hearts and, and the likes with their ambitions to, to go into the leagues. Um, but I don't think you can discount uh, a league. Either. The likes of Broad Cove, obviously, were streets ahead of everybody uh, last year. Broad are good again this year ourselves. You've got other teams uh, coming up as well that the behinds that, that are strong. Um, everybody on that day can, can be everybody. I know cliche is, but I don't. Uh, I haven't watched. Uh, I think everybody. A lot of people talk about how how Kelty Hearts are. I've only watched them in in nothing like Talbot there was the game that was on TV nothing like Talbot right. far better. Oh, Talbot thrashed them. Yeah, yeah. There, there. We played them uh, a couple of years ago in the Scottish Cup and, and lost one 0 and they are they are an excellent side, mm-hmm. very good side. Was that the same year? They, was that the same year they beat United? Yeah, 
I think it could have been I, I think it could have been yeah uh, because they they've put in runs and, and the amount of games they have to play their, their whole league campaign and in the cups that they're in anyway they, but they, they always get a good run mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they are very very talented side yeah but between us and Lola, I don't think there's, there's a big difference mm. with a heavy investment down there now that we'll see players start looking yeah. to their kind of teams. But man, nobody can see a Fraserborough or a, or a Bro away mm. in the Scottish Cup uh, yeah. next time. That if Bro are still in our league. Yeah, it? absolutely. I think the, for what I think has been really good, and hopefully you'll agree, is this uh, the pyramid system has certainly been really good for, for Highland and Lowly Insights to get to League Two. Um, do you see in the future Fraserborough getting into that? Because certainly the progression seems positive. I hope so. I hope we're, we're in a, obviously the ambition for for me personally is to, to the league. I've no, made no secret. I think I want I want to do that as a manager. Um, that's, that's something that I drive towards. Um, there's a lot. There's a long way to go before I can contemplate that. And we've spoke about progression before, but to me, we have to speak about winning the league first because even even if. Even winning the league doesn't guarantee your progression in the next league because there's still a tough game against the Lowland and then you'll have a tough game against the the bottom club from the Division 2 as it is. League 2, yeah. It's a massive, it's a massive step and it's a massive presumption to say that we would... The directors, we're, we love the High League. I think every phrase where I've been in the league we are, I think it's, it's a unique league. Uh, like a, the... The relationships between all the clubs and the personnel of the clubs is second to none. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think should it, one, I think you want to win every game possible. So should that um, opportunity arise, you want to win it. And I think obviously financially it will be you know, in concern for most clubs that that think about going up. But that's when you maybe find new investors or, or the likes, or you. Uh, in the way you do things to make sure that finances are looked after us. It's, it's a lot. Of, a lot of question marks to, to whether we uh, do, if we go up or clubs that want to go up. There's a lot of question marks before they do that. But like I said, first, first and foremost, you need to win a league, and and that is the most difficult thing thing a club can do is win the win the league because everybody's out to do well. The majority of the clubs are are looking to do the same thing because even if Bro go up. Uh, there's no guarantee that that anybody will win a league next year because yeah. all the top top sides will get better. They'll take, they'll strengthen. Um, some have already done so, and then you always get a couple of surprises. So it's, it's all up in there. I think first thing, first and foremost, this a serious serious challenge in the league and trying and try and win that, yeah. and then we can start thinking more seriously about whether whether a club like Fraserburgh can go up into the next week. A very well measured uh, answer there to that question. Uh, I've got a question here from Glenn Schroeder who's a, a big fan of the show and, and a big friend of mine. He was just known to be he must mention Willie West, captain and leader, young prospect Owen Cairns right back thinking he could go far. He wanted to ask this question. He says Paul Campbell up top scores loads of goals with Scott Barber and he wanted me to ask you who you think is the better of the two players because I, I, I think Scott Barber is, I, I follow his progress, he seems to have a very good player, and, and uh, look at just not just those guys, but your whole team that you have at Fraserburgh obviously work really well together because obviously the success you guys have had this year has been fantastic. <laughs> That's a difficult question asking about to pick between two of my. You don't have to. <laughs> I think I've, I've 
players and because I believe in I believe what Scott was talking chances of certain players, some have been have been no brainers. I think Scott left to go for Martin when um when Chris left, he w- he went there to have a change. Always some someone to walk back. Um his strengths to me to me Scott's one of the best burn strikers in the league, I think. His his ability to to hold the ball up to to back into players, and then he's got a great left peg. He's his desire to to do the best he can be, his his work ethic, his dedication to to the game. His is it's un it's by by most. It's just in a level of it. And um, so he's he's probably he's he's up there with it with the top. But Paul Paul probably had a maybe a similar. I think Scott came in the club from junior spell. Didn't he? Much of a crack when he was young, young had to had to graft his way through the junior leagues, and then and Chris threw him in, threw him into the club, and was a massive admirer. And then I've I've taken over from that. Uh, Paul Paul was the same. We took a, a gamble on him when he was at Mod, sporting for fun at the juniors. Mm-hmm. Threw him in. Um, well, he his ability, his finishing ability is unbelievable, unbelievable. He's he's. Always, it seems to be composed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows where where the are. He's got blistering pace. And um, the one thing I would say with the differences, and I think Scott Barber maybe maybe close to his peak. He's his ability is is there. I think I think I can get more out of Paul. I yeah. think more from Paul, which is probably scary. Wow. I think with the, the attributes he's got with his pace, he's he's a big lad. He's strong. He but I think he could use that more. And, yeah. And I'm hoping to get more out of him. But those two are probably they get the get the accolades and, and the attention. But Sean Butchers came from nowhere at the junior level and scored twenty odd goals again. Yeah. <laughs> which which. That's, that's something that's coming. That's the three of them have came out of junior leagues uh, and, and scored. It's not as though they've been high league at early age and built it from there. They've they've drafted at junior level and then take their chance at a later age. Um, the three of them. So it's something that's good for them. Gary Hart as well, who's just back from a serious knee injury that is banging on the door to, to play every week. So. Like I said, I'm sure. I'm not sure this year. I think Brona maybe edged us a wee bit in goals for the big games in hand, but definitely the two previous seasons we were the we were the highest goal scorers yeah. in the league. So, so going forward, we are we are good to watch, which is which is an aspect I I like to be as a manager. I want to have a, a good attacking team. That mm-hmm. I'm not one of these that want to spend and, and defend anything. I'd rather rather take yeah. game, teams and attack. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that was a very well-measured response, so hopefully nobody will kill me after this podcast has been released. <laughs> because I, I didn't want you to put, you, put your head on the block with that one. I, it was a very honest question that Glenn asked me, and I, I wanted to put that in there. Obviously, a good team, not only strong in attack, but also good in defence. Out of the current crop, I mean, who are your star people? The current team? Yes. Um, again, I think... I, I mean, you all. mentioned Ryan Christie. I mean, he's he's still in the team. I mean, he he's a class act, isn't he? He, he is, and uh, he's he's been one of my best mates. From like I say, he the the Mintlock Academy team we had forged friendships even to this day. Um, 
the guys that are my, I, I class my best mates, the majority of them played in played in that team at some point. Uh, so that was a good upbringing for me. But but Ryan, I remember Ryan broke into the Middlesbrough team. Just he played in the the youths with me, but he broke into the first team just after. And um, he he broke in from a centre half. He played the majority of his time uh, at, at Fraserburgh, but he was start with he was a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was 17, maybe 18 at the time And he would have went on to be the best centre midfielder in that league Without a shadow of a doubt Because he was strong He was he was nasty but in a, a fair way He was yeah. he was good, a great striker uh, He had a good range of passes He was clever, he was good on the ball He had every attribute to be in there And then he, he managed, maybe managed a spell in there But then he had a bad back I think at the time he, He's actually a Back injuries. He's, he's not been blessed with, with getting injury free. He's had quite a few serious injuries, and that kind of hampered his his development and definitely playing centre field. He had kind of had to take a step back. Got yeah. work commitments after uh, that time kicked in as well. Sure, he went away a spell before coming back, but then he was he was never the same. I think he's had two two or three back operations. He's had a couple of knee operations. Um, it's easy to say a lesser a lesser man would have hung his boots long by now. Yeah. But even to this day, he's adamant he's got to play play for the club, and he's still he's club captain, so he's still got a lot a lot to offer. Absolutely. Um, to offer me. He maybe he maybe doesn't think that himself. He, he maybe worries his his days are over. But it, what he what I've seen in him and he's done for me as a player, as a teammate, and even up till I was a manager, he's nothing but praise for him and um, for his sake I think effort to be fair all the guys that injuries when I've been manager have, have worked hard to get back in but I think Ryan Ryan's had it more than most and had to work even harder mm-hmm. to make sure he well he's now 30, 35 he will be there so I'm hoping that this break will probably do him good to try and get him a wee bit of extra to before and then Somewhere else, the same. I don't think any other 
player in the league touch him uh, yeah. in his attributes he's, his fitness he's, he's the gym addict he's he's, he's basically a machine uh, and like I say it's it's a culture now that it's common players they're all they all seem to be strong and fit and, and he leads by leads by example our club he's his dedication to that side of the game is second to none he's, he's still got bits to learn as, as they all do but from where he was when he first came in the goal where he is now Probably the the Absolutely, and the, 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 the thing about a successful football team is that everybody works and sticks together and has this cohesion and camaraderie and it seems like that, that has followed through from your playing career into your management career and obviously that has been in debt to how successful Fraserburgh have been this season. Of the professionalism and, and the standards that we expect from the 
trip unders, but we we try and maintain them, and we've tried to keep that steady right through right through the five years, and it's got us a bit of success. Like yeah. I said, rest in the league, we've won the cups and the shields, and and hopefully it, it kicks on from here, is because the squad just now is as strong as it's ever been, yeah. uh, that I know of. Yeah, um, and hopefully we can we can get longer as as the year goes to try and to get that end goal. Mark, I've thoroughly enjoyed our discussion, both listening to your playing career and your management career. We're coming very much, very much to the end of our discussion. But my last question to you is: What does the future hold for you, yourself, and for Fraserburgh? Well, for Fraserburgh, obviously, we just keep doing what we're doing. Um, we've managed to progress the year. We're going to keep that going. Um, we, I think, we can be classed as as one of the top teams in in the league for over the what we've done over the last few years. Uh, we get that in. We want to be league winners, whether it's next year, the year after, the year after that, or beyond. Um, I am aware that the guys probably saying the same because there is a lot of good squads out there. Um, that especially now the season's finished, they will be looking at next year as possibly uh, being their year. But we want to be part of it. We want to bring success to the club. There's a lot of unsung heroes that we want to do for, what to do for ourselves, and, and we want because. If you're a footballer, there's nothing better than, than winning a trophy or winning a medal. It's it's a highlight of your career, and, and and they've always said that you're always remembered for for your medals, not your money. And that's a, a big, big believer in that. I'd rather I'd rather medals in the bank rather than in pounds in the bank. But that's how we want to go. we want to go forward. Hopefully, we can keep developing and making a few a few. Uh, identities we have one of them is we want to make players better we want to do that make sure the players come in there we make them better before we leave whatever circumstance so we want to keep that going and me personally well, who knows who knows um, I've, I'm absolutely love my time I've, I've a lot of, lot of debt for the, the Fraserburgh board and, and Finlay Chip for, for giving me this opportunity, it was a massive gamble they took in, in giving a unproven three-year-old <laughs> player a chance at, at managing one of the one of the big clubs. Uh, hopefully, I've, I've taken him on and, and been proud a wee bit of what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I, I didn't I, I see myself in a, a Charlie Duncan. I think 27 years is a long, long time to be connected. Yeah, uh, I want to be involved with football, but. It's I want to I want to do the best I can. I mean, should an opportunity come to step up, it's someone that it has to be thought about. I mean, it's, you want to go as far as you can in football. But mm-hmm. um, I love I love Fraserburgh. Um, I love the the Highland League, and it's been it's been great to me. So for now, we're just we're just trying to give back to the people that have have given me and the players the chance to uh, play in a stage. So. Have a lot of, like I say, have a lot of favors or or stuff to return to, to people that have done for me over my career and, and gave me the opportunity to be to be where I am. This has been a fantastic discussion, Mark. I've really enjoyed listening to your playing career and your management career, and I just want to finish up by saying thank you very much for being a guest on the Campbell's Footballs podcast. Thoroughly uh, enjoyed it as myself. It's, it's something that I, I do listen a lot to. Like to hear how how other people have got to where they are and their story. I think it's a great a great way of sharing things and, and seeing how other people 
how other people developed and delighted I got an opportunity to come on and, and take my tale. Yeah, well, thanks very much for that. I hope many that listen to this uh, have enjoyed it as well as much as I have, so thanks very much for that. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs, Search for me, StatoG91, on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's Footballs. What a dangerous night!